Jeremy Paul is a Wallabies legend. I'm pleased to say he's on the line right now. Morning, Jeremy. Morning, boys. Got a hot seat today. Yes, hey? eh? It's, Covering well, the boys. There it is. Got some real commentators on this morning. Ah, uh, yes. Well, they'll be tuned in. Stephen Beards will be happy. Well, Beards turned <laughs> turn 50. He's, he's fighting fit. Yes. And he's playing touch footy competitions at the moment. How are uh, your knees holding up? No good whatsoever. Shock. There's no chance I'm playing touch. <laughs> no chance. We're getting the coaching ranks, eh, Paulie? Yeah, mate, 100% coaching. Coaching the uh, under-16 Dawson rep girls side uh, with my mates, Maddie Hunter and Tommy Mahoney there. A couple of dads just trying to do their best, mate. Just oh, trying to do their best. Good on you. Well, at the moment, coaching. Phil Wall is putting together a shortlist for next Wallabies coach. You know, does Czech return? Is Dan McKelly ready for the step up? Maybe it's your old mate, Stevie Lark. I mean, can you add your name to that list? <laughs> You never jump onto a sinking ship, but um, <laughs> look, that's the glaring. That's one of the glaring issues that's come out of this whole debacle, and it was a debacle. Um, I, I think before we look at the, the coach, we've, we've got to get we've got to get our leadership right. Like we've got the new CEO Phil War, we've got the current chairperson Hamish McLaren, and there's still we, we don't know who's making the decisions here. So Hamish was the one that, that picked Eddie Jones and said Dave Rennie couldn't win the Rugby World Cup. Now, 12 months later, we see this huge fallout, um, not only with, obviously, Eddie Jones, but players, um, now administration, we're talking centralisation, um, everything's a mess. But one thing that comes out of the debacle is a complete overhaul, and that's what Phil War as a new CEO has to do. There has to be a new overhaul of everything because we've got to create pathways, not only for players, but for coaches because now we're in the same predicament we were years ago. There are no Australian coaches putting their hands up. Like with Stephen Larkham, he's too, he's too fresh. Uh, Dan McCullough, I thought he was going to be the next Wallaby coach under Dave Rennie, but he needed to be there for a couple of years. And he's over overseas coaching. So... We don't actually have any Australians putting their hands up. I, I actually said, I've, I've got a, a radio show in New Zealand that I do each week, and we had our last show last week, and I said, you know what, boys? I reckon Ian Foster and Steve Hansen for the next Wallaby coach. I think Ian Foster's uh, looking for a job. Yes. He's got the runs on the board too, doesn't he, Ian Foster? Oh, he does. Look, they're, they're ruthless in New Zealand with regards mm. to their coaches. and what, what a scenario that was. Ian Foster was... Potentially, he should have actually won the World Cup. I mean, 14 men, the All Blacks had, mm. for 50, over 55 minutes. And, oh, they, they were they were tremendous in defeat. But, um, yeah, look, they, there's coaches galore over there, right? There's, there's a production line of players, coaches. They've got their pathways right. Australia doesn't. So... We're probably going to have to. We're probably going to have to employ another international coach. So, Jeremy Gary Gary Birkinshaw here, mate. Uh, just qu- quickly, mate. So, where did it all go wrong with Eddie Jones? Uh, because I, I, when he was appointed, you know, it was probably you know, everyone thought it was the greatest thing that was going to happen. Even though he he sort of didn't do so well towards England at the back end of his tenure there. But where did it all go wrong? <laughs> that's actually that's actually a, the million dollar question, right? Like, unfortunately, we I was down at a funeral in Canberra during the week. And one of our our gear steward, Gary Quinn Livin, um, eighty six years of age, rocked up day one of the Brumbies boys. He uh, said, "Look, do you need any help?" He was our gear steward, worked twenty six years for free, 
26 years through the whole. He was the one person through the Brumbies organisation. Um, so we were down there for the funeral last week, and I was talking to a couple of current Wallaby players, um, and they were they, everyone was excited about Eddie Jones coming back. Everyone had heard the stories. Um, everyone wanted to be coached by Eddie Jones, and everything just didn't feel right. Like talking to a couple of current players, the coaches that he brought on, the assistant coaches, um, we had two rugby league guys, Matt Hodgson and Jason Riles. Like they were contributing the bit that that Eddie wanted, but not not what rugby union needed in terms of defensive structures. Um, we also saw other assistant coaches leave as well, so. You kind of saw the, you kind of saw it dismantling before it happened, but then you look at the selections, and I think the selections was the big thing that the media as well as the fans didn't agree with, and they wanted an explanation of why he went so young, and why he just culled all these older players. Like it was, it was quite remarkable, wasn't it? It was a bold selection. It was bold selections, and and do you know what, boys? Look in the Fijian game leading up to that. Will Skilton and Talalia Tupu, who both were injured in the week up, week leading into that, I believe if they would have played, we probably would have actually won that game and gone through the quarterfinals, potentially made the semifinals, and none of this would have even been discussed. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, look, the games, every game they say, look, it's a matter of millimetres. And, and I think, um, look, I think I, everyone backed Eddie. I, I did. I'm a big, I'm a big loyal person to Eddie. Eddie was my coach for eight years of my career and mate, look, he turned me into the player I was and I was very fortunate to have probably a good Eddie, but mate, it just everything unraveled into Mm. it, just debacle after debacle and you just it was like a a train wreck, right? Like you were just sitting there watching it going, what? And I think um, and then obviously coming back and (laughs) having to fight with the media and then Whose fault? Um, there were fingers being you know, sort of pointed this way and that direction, so it just became untenable. And but I, I really believe, boys, it's, you've got to look at the leadership first. And I think yeah. there's a lot of questions around Hamish McLaren. There are a lot of questions. You mentioned the Fiji game, and of course, Tupo and 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 Skelton. But you know that that Wales performance was so amateurish. It shows oh, that there, yeah. you know the problems yeah. run run far deeper than that. I'll get on to McLaren in a minute. But you mentioned there, Eddie. Obviously, you know him well. At the time, we thought it was worth the gamble because he had the currency, didn't he, in and around the World Cup cycle. But you think about the comments that he made, Jeremy, to Lawrence Delalia, oh, I'll only be there for a year, you know, uh, things like that. And the, the spectre of this Zoom meeting with Japan that just would not go away, corroborated by a number of media sources. Uh, do you think Eddie was ever really committed long-term to this Wallabies project? Uh, look, absolutely. Look, the one thing I know about Eddie Jones, I've known him, since I was 19 years old, so nearly, you know, sort of 30 years. There's no, there's no one that works harder in in world rugby than Eddie Jones. Like, we actually used to have a bit of a muck around whenever we... Because we used to play in the old days, remember? No, no social media or camera phones. So we, we were quite partial to a midweeker. We didn't mind <laughs> having a couple of beers on a Wednesday, on a Wednesday evening. Still are, yeah. Um, we, well, hey, look, it was happy hour for us yeah. um, back then, and... We only just turned professional, and we always knew never come home and jump in the lifts between four thirty and six thirty in the morning, <laughs> because that's when Eddie Jones got up. Like yeah. he was just, it, mate, he would work from five a.m. to eleven p.m. every single night. We're talking seven days a week. I, the commitment level, yes, and you'd have to 
you have, you've got to take those comments with a grain of salt. Like, he was always going to be here for four to five years. Like, he had committed to that. I've never seen him not commit to any contract he's ever done. And he has had the runs on the board, boys. Like, you know, consultant 207 won the World Cup with South Africa. Um, obviously got Japan to their first quarterfinal when he was their coach at the World Cup in 2015. Uh, 2019 World Cup finalist as well, World Cup finalist with us in 2003. Yeah. So it absolutely runs on the board. So hence why I think... But he also... He, he also had a crack at the media, right, before he went overseas. And, and I think there were a couple gunning for him, yeah. which is fair enough because mm. he, he put it out there. Um, and I think that is one of the things about sport, right? Like as a coach or as a professional sports person in today's world, if you go and put things out there, they really wait for you to fall. And I think Eddie, with just the, the amount of pressure and this whole thing with Japan, like... Come on, boys, even if he did have a meet, I, I don't really care about that. I really don't. I, don't. I really don't know what the big hassle is because you've got, you got current players, you've got current coaches that are always, always taking potential phone calls. Like back in our day, it used to be a rugby league team. Joe Roth or Stephen Larkin would come out and say, oh, real well, I'm really liking the Raiders. All of a sudden, they get their contract bumped up. But <laughs> I always... like. Coaches, players, they're always looking. There's no loyalty now with respects to, um, I suppose, organisations with players and coaches because uh, an organisation can just cut you so quickly um, and vice versa. A coach or a player can leave. So I, I, I never saw there was an issue with him taking a phone call from Japan. Like, I, I really didn't. But um, everyone else did. Mm. <laughs> Personally, no, not me. But, um, but yeah. uh, look, I, I thought Eddie was committed, mate. I really did. Mm. I, I just think the optics around it was, was pretty bad, Jeremy. But Hamish McLennan, who moved heaven and earth, okay, right. Ed, he was the captain's pick, and he did say at the time of the appointment, whatever he wants. And then Eddie walks because he said, they can't give me what I want. So that's got to fall back. The, the onus there has got to fall back on the chairman. And he's sort of swept away. He goes, another one's gone overseas. We don't always get them right. Let's move on. I mean, f- uh, from where I'm standing, that, that's not good enough. Absolutely, man. Hundred percent. Look, and he, he also said, "Look, Dave Rennie can't win the World Cup, right? Like Eddie Jones was our best option, and we didn't make it out of the pools for the very first time." Like, and he, and his and his argument is coming back saying, "Well, rugby Australia is in a better position than when I took over." How? No. Nope. And what? And nope. in what world? <laughs> like, in what world? So, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm finding it. I'm finding it almost comical that he's just digging his heels in here. Like, there's, it all comes back to him. He he had to put himself on the top of the block. He did. He got brought in Eddie Jones. So you've got to live and die by your decision. So I, I really feel that he should be taking the brunt of this decision. So we can have clear leadership going forward as well, right? Like, look, if it would have worked off, he would have been a masterstroke, and I'm sure he would have been taking all the praise. But I'm sorry, if it didn't work out, you've, you've also got to take the blame. Jeremy, back to the World Cup. South Africa, back-to-back uh, World Cups. Their, their fourth victory, uh, most uh, most ever. So, well done to them. How did you find the, the tournament uh, yourself and certainly the performance of South Africa, winning their quarter-final, semi-final and the final by by a single point was uh, was certainly a fantastic effort? Oh, well, look, it really was, wasn't it? Look, South Africa, I thought we were incredibly lucky in the final. I really did. Actually, I thought they were lucky in their, in their whole three games, right, leading into it. they, Yeah, they pulled out that just that little bit more. Um, it was a tremendous effort to, to do 
four World Cups, man. That is wow. And they look, they changed it up too. Look, seven forwards on the bench. That's never been done before. They they tried different options and uh, look, they played to their strengths. They're a big, big, big side. Um, there was nothing ever flashy about what they did, and that's actually World Cup rugby, to be honest. It's um, it's about those little mistakes, taking those opportunities, and and playing to your strength, and that's the power game, um, South Africa. But I really thought the All Blacks were just absolutely tremendous. In Super Rugby, boys, we actually have this rule that if you get a yellow card and it gets upgraded to a red card, you can actually bring on a player after 20 minutes. Mm. Okay. So it yeah. doesn't impact the game, like the contest itself. So if you do do something that is that is warranted a red card, then it does impact the team for only twenty minutes and not for not for eighty. I, so I like it. I really I like it. Yeah, what, what did you make? Too, what did you make man. of the Sam Kane red card? You know, by the letter of the oh. law. And I know Sean Fitzpatrick has said, okay, by the letter of the law, yes, I get that. But then, hang on, their captain gets a yellow and not a red, and this is what's frustrating yeah, okay. fans. So where yeah. where is the consistency in the decision making? Oh, mate, there is none. There is absolutely no consistency. <laughs> But look, we've seen this across all games, though, aren't we? Look, everyone is now a lot more conscious of the head, which is great because I know with myself, like back in the day, like you get knocked out, they come running on and they go, smelling salts. And go, Are you alive? Yep, you're alive. <laughs> yep, get up, carry on. Yeah, you'll be right. So, yeah, yeah, you'll be right. Carry on, no worries. But and I, and look, it's, it's, I, I think it's amazing. I, and I love the fact now that across all codes, we're looking after, after players' heads. But... There's always going to be that, like that, oh, just that difference, right, and that inconsistency. And I think rugby union is leading in terms of sports and looking at like mitigants at least. And I, I just feel they've still got to clean up that process, like that. You're still going to get too, far too much inconsistencies. And and I think if if we are going to continue the way that we sort of like, because what they do is they go mitigants. Was the defender bending? Was the attacker falling into it? Yeah, they, they do go through a process like that. But I, I feel that you're still going to get inconsistent results. And I've, so I believe the 20-minute red card is the best option. And I think that way it doesn't take away from the contest itself because if that happened in the, in the World Cup final, I believe the All Blacks would have won. They were the only side that looked threatening. Um, they played some excellent rugby. but They were just that man short. That's that's really all it came down to. So, yeah, I, I I think I think moving forward, being able to have that, if we're going to be continually hard on the tackle area, which we should in terms of the head, then definitely look to change the laws respective of red cards. Jeremy, good to get your insights on the program today. We look forward to seeing your name on the short list for, uh, as future <laughs> Wallabies coaching candidates. Uh, so what's on for the rest of the day? Oh, mate, going to have a punt today, I think. Boys, Ooh, hey, look. You got, you got any oh, tips here on there, Derby Day or on the Eagle? Oh, no, 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 not really, mate. No. My, my tip is don't pay, don't bet too much. <laughs> your mother. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's my Solid idea. info. Thank you, my friend. Perfect. See you, boys.